Today, we have a welcome back to Alec Bowman-Clark, Workforce Engagement Management Specialist, highly specialized across Variant, Genesis, Calario, Alvaria, multiple WFM softwares out there. He's also a musician, a writer, a director, a photographer, and we jump in into what the future looks like with one of the great experts in our industry. Let's go. Alec, welcome back once again. It's good to have you back in the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Very, very well, thank you. I'm suddenly conscious that the background is very busy. Apologies for that. I'm having an office move. I mean, you have been always a music guy, so every time we spoke, there's always something related to music. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a fake background. It is all real. So. <laughs> That's what I was going. It's always feel like a, a fake background, but it's not. Yeah. Alec, so the goal of today is to engage with you about the outlook for the new year. 2023 was a big one in terms of like I would say provoking disruption, not necessarily capitalizing on the disruption, but there was a lot of provocative disruption across the board. What the, what is your first thoughts about how we exit the year, how we start the year and kind of what different waves you start to, are you starting to see? I mean, it's, it's a huge question and I haven't done any preparation around that precisely because I feel like these things are better if I don't, right? <sighs> disruption is a great word for it. I mean, everyone uses the word AI in, in their marketing and what I see is companies trying to cut through all the noise of that and really get back to the basics. It's become almost impossible to know what offerings you have, what the options you have for managing your workforce. I suppose I'm talking about WFM, but QM as well, and reporting all of the sort of performance management piece. All the providers and the partners and everyone have to be seen to push really hard and update themselves with chatbots and all the AI mm-hmm. they need. And then customers are sort of saying, ah, you know, we are so tight. We're being pushed to be skinnier than ever before. Um, so like what we need is a way to just make the shifts really accurate. And, 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 and those two things seem to me to slightly be in conflict, what people need right now and what is being sold to them. So lots mm-hmm. of people, the, the main question I get from my clients is around that. Can you help see through the noise of um, this kind mm-hmm. of crazy marketplace? Yeah. So I guess that would be, that's the headline from where I'm seeing anyway. Yeah. No, and it's an interesting one because I agree. I, I, I actually have a, a very similar feeling. Um, I think the other piece that I would add to what you just said is, mm-hmm. I think for the last few years, with all the technology disruptions and all the different things, there was like a kind of a, a fear about being on the first ones to adopt change. Yeah, good point. And now you are starting to see people more keen to actually be on that change because they are feeling like, I don't want to be the one left behind. Uh, that, we that's also a great have that sense as well. I know, I 100% do. And it's the move to the cloud that's that. Um, I, I st- I'm still working with customers who say, oh, you know, I have this premises-based WFM system and I really love it. So, uh, but I'm worried, you know, we have to move to the cloud because <laughs> seven years ago, all the new <laughs> people were doing that and we thought that sounded silly, so we didn't touch it. And now we, we're paying all this money uh, to, to have stuff in a room and we're being told that we're not allowed that anymore because who's not in the cloud? So, um yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those two things go kind of hand in hand and they just contribute to the same thing, which is that planning teams kind of feel overwhelmed by all of this. Not only do you have to work out whether or not this new 
module that includes all this AI stuff that you don't really know why you need, you also have to think about whether or not you can still run APIs in the cloud to make those custom reports that you rely on. Um, and, and the answer is sometimes you can't always know that you're going to do that. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Those two things before. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, so last year, really in the end of the year, we, we set a pool to ask people for what, what are you most excited about 2024? Mm -hmm. The number one answer with like 43% uh, of the votes was like emerging tech, AI, robotics, and all of these new waves of automation. But not shy behind, there were two that are very good with 20, 22% and 25%. One was about remote work models uh, and lock yeah. all the hybrid models. What's what's going to be actually the landscape for, for the future of work? Not only, I think, within workforce management, but within all the service industry in general. Mm. Uh, and then data analytics, which to a certain extent felt very repeating because it's been here for the last, I don't know, two decades. <laughs> uh, what your comments are about like, like before we go to the remote work and hybrid works because i think that's a more complex conversation what's your what are your thoughts on the data analytics being still such a big topic for everyone it is that's been the case that i've um encountered with the clients i've been working for um for the last 12 to 18 months um that is a huge subject it's as big as everything else do you think uh, it's related with what you we were saying about the data where the data is like cloud versus on-premise or, or is more than that no i think i think it is that that I'm, I'm trying to make it real think of actual use cases where um and and the the use cases that spring to mind are all where the move to cloud has meant that the way data works your access to data is no longer a thing that you can control. Uh, it's not on a server in a, in a building that you own. It's in the cloud. And so can you run all the same queries on it? Can you pull it into the same place? Does, does your partner provide the same data lake style, like collation of information that you are used to having for yourself? And the answer is maybe they'll, Maybe you'll hear that they can, and then you will find that it doesn't quite work that way. So I'd say it's been uh, a top three for my actual experience over the last 18 months, is, is trying to make the move to cloud have the same, or, you know, or better, because that's one thing that lots of people say, which is why, why am I doing this if it isn't? better in some way maybe it's supposed to be cheaper and it turns out not to be so it's just the same thing but i can get a bit less hooray <laughs> no one's going to celebrate that and data and access to data is certainly a thing that seems to suffer so mm. i get why people why that's come out top in your poll yeah it, it's relatable yeah and and the other one to kind of this is a bit provocative i think the last time we spoke we actually touched a bit on this is like we are still on what's the right balance in terms of service like can can we have people completely remote? Do we still have culture-wise people going to the office or any hybrid mo modes or anything in between? I think we, we saw so many variations of that spectrum. I read an article recently where there was still a, some companies rolling back some of the remote policies. That, that's been my experience for sure, that, that manufacturers were slow to provide functionality specifically to support remote working. By the time it hit the product, customers were saying 
contact centers, people who had bought that software were saying, well, I don't really need that as much anymore. Yeah. I'd say that I still see that. It's it's obviously a far smaller amount of requirement because it was 100% for a while. No one actually successfully deployed that. See, I, I've just said the sentence, no one successfully deployed that. That's, <laughs> it's a bold claim. I'm sure plenty of people did. Let us yeah. know in the comments. But uh, the planning teams I've been working with tend to be bigger and conservative in their approach. And yeah. so what's the difference between planning for agents in those two environments, office versus mm -hmm. home? Let's make it that there's no, not much difference. We don't need to do very many different things. We can do all of this with our current software. Manufacturers released some features, which is supposed to help with that. And I didn't see them used a great deal. The training material for those was slow to follow. People didn't really get what these new functions did. Mm -hmm. So they didn't use them. They worked with me to try and figure out how they could use the previous things that they did understand to cope with homeworking. And yeah, now people talk about homeworking a lot. And, and the blend of that is always an interesting, you know, different targets, you know, what, what are the tolerances on things like adherence and how you live monitor that? Is it possible to do that? Do we want to live monitor the screen of an agent working at home? Be careful with that. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and is it possible with a cloud-based system as well? So it's a hot topic, but I don't see people being, I want to say the word distraught. I, I've encountered incredibly challenging. Yeah situations with the access to data and the, mm -hmm. the way that data works now. Whereas homeworking is just another fascinating challenge for designing shifts that work in that environment. And 98% of the people I work with step up to that challenge and succeed in, in that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And and I, I, I hearing you, one of the things that I, it's, it's very common, at least one of the reasons I encounter for people to have reserves or consider like rolling back more often than other is about oh we the data is telling us that we are less productive or we found like mm -hmm. cases where things didn't work out exactly how we should and, and my point to that is like if you don't do nothing to actually make it work hardly will ended up working because to a certain extent not only the tools probably will need to adapt but like even though the Persons are still working, probably the way they interact when they need help or assistance is different. So there are gaps and ways that you introduce to the process that if you don't create a, a new process that accommodates those differences, it, you just add friction to the existing processes. So to a certain extent, from the conversations I had when we have speaking about remote or, or hybrid setups, is how often more than anything else are you setting up yourself to fail because you do not mm -hmm. treat that differently? You just expect that to be the same? I don't know if this is necessarily true, but it's just one of the general feelings I get from people. I don't know if you encounter similar feedback from... Yeah, I think I think that is a really good point. And if you take... Um, like the number one thing that happens is is that people talk about um, average channel time. And the worry is that, oh, well, when, when people are working at home, you know, you, you can't check it as easily. So we have to increase HD and then, you know, unwrap time and home time and unavailable time. So IoT is not 11% now, it's 20 because, you know, I'm just going to go and do the school run without telling anyone. That, that doesn't seem to be the behavior that 90% of people exhibit i think if you have a workforce that is is in a position of trust then you're gonna get the idea that i don't have to spend half an hour driving to work 
means that I'm going to be at my desk a minute early for sure because I appreciate that saved half an hour and I could do the school run then. I suppose this is a, it's a bit of a general example for sure, but every organization who have come to me concerned about whether or not they can correctly measure things. So you can take, you can take so long to set up workforce management, to check all this stuff, to get accurate information. By the time you've done all that, you're not doing as much homework in anymore anyway. Um, but people who have taken that seriously and tr done it really well, I don't know that there's a trend to everyone saying, oh, well, brilliant, I'm at home. I can just go and play the double bass for half an hour when I should be talking on the phone because I don't do that. And I don't think most people do either. You, you have to you have to set it up correctly. I think that knowledge of the truth is is kind of what workforce management is supposed to be for. There's no point masking the idea that my AHT is twice as long when I'm at home because I had all this wrap time because I can go and do something fun. And plenty of people don't want to even know about that change because it's harder and you have to you have to think a bit more. So use use WFM to get the facts as they stand measure what actually happens to people when they're working at home and then you can make a process for managing that this sounds kind of easy to say and i guess that in real life it's not so easy to do yeah and, and you you made me you made me think about uh, another part that connects with the first one you were saying so when we think about the full cycle of planning resource planning workforce management in general hmm. What I see is that there is a big disruption on the lower end of like short-term planning, scheduling, and all those activities that are now you have more variables to deal with. Mm. When you go back to, uh, and this will sound bad for some people that are on those roles, but like forecasting, reporting, it's slightly less disruptive because in the end of the day, you still have the same variables. Do you feel like that changes the skill set required for people that are actually planners and real-time analysts and on the scheduling functions. That, that's an, that is an interesting point. Where's, where's that disruption sit? I feel like, I feel like you're right. And that, you know, forecasters watching this will say, no, my role is as disrupted as everyone else's Re reporting people being disrupted by things like, you know, uh, a global pandemic. I guess I guess the person that I'm used to coming to me and saying, I am feeling this pain, everything seems to be different, is the planning manager. That's the place where, maybe that's because, what's that called, confirmation bias? That's the place that I normally talk to. I did, a, I did an engagement with a company just a couple of months ago where it was only short, but what they wanted me to do was almost exactly what you're talking about here. Sit down with every role, work through the role profile that they thought they had, up front when they first took the job and then look at the changed landscape of this business and recommend to them what those roles needed to change into. And I would say that all of them needed to change significantly. And, and I guess some of them were more immediate and obvious things that needed to change. But if I think back to that, I mean, the real time analysts were the first people I talked to and they were as affected as everyone else, because what does that look like when you are real time analyzing for a population of agents that are working from their hats? It's a completely different situation. And what they had was a best in class workforce management system that wasn't set up to provide adherence. So what they were doing was walking around a room 
So of course it's a silly, it's a basic example, but when, when those people aren't sat in the room anymore and you can see on your screen that they should be working today, but you can't tell if they are or not, that, that immediately has to change. It's a huge piece of our people. What we have to do is we have to make adherence, do the thing that it's supposed to do. And then it doesn't matter if I'm sitting yeah. in a house or in an office. Yeah, makes sense. So let me reverse this to technology to another end. So are you in particular, do you expect something to change in the world of like WFM softwares and the different tools we use within 2024? Everyone's website says is that they say conversational AI. That's the thing that's here to change everything. And so from a forecaster's perspective, can, how, how can I use, like if I take something like Photoshop, now I can type into Photoshop, change the background on Andre's WebEx on this photograph of him or, or get rid of Alex Beard, right? I can do that really easily. Can, can I do that in my work as well? Can I say, make a schedule that is um, more efficient than the one that you made last week? And that's what planners actually want. Uh, yeah. They want to be able to sort of interact in an intelligent way. If we're using the, the term artificial intelligence to talk about the way that software works, well, what's the actual use case over and above being able to have a help function that sort mm -hmm. of recognizes the thing that I've asked for? Can I actually have yeah. an example of this? And I guess I feel skeptical that any manufacturers are actually keeping and keeping up with that and able to deliver on the promise. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I guess I'd like to hear from <laughs> manufacturers who, to prove me wrong and show yeah. me where those products can actually do this. But your question was, how does that change this year? And I think it's pretty exciting to imagine that it will, right? Wouldn't it be amazing if when faced with a forecast that looks okay, instead of me having to um, use my own intuition to say, well, Saturdays have been getting quiet, so I can see that there's a trend emerging, but that looks a little too quiet. What if I could type that into a box and the software, I could trust it to go away and say, I see what you're saying, and I've revised the forecast accordingly. Here's, mm. here's a new version of what next week or next month or next year might look like based on some like truly intelligent data analysis that the software was actually doing for us. I think that that's genuinely exciting. And maybe someone can do it, and I just haven't encountered it. But... Yeah. And I... To, I agree with you. I'm, I'm really expecting, I love that concept of the prompt planning, like concept, like to see that in in life would be super interesting. I think the the, the use case where this is being like a pet project, whatever you want to call it for a long time, and which is how do you crack alarmistics in a way that you empower your real-time analysts and all the planners to do not have to look about everything uh, and have like a kind of a, a triage system algorithm, whatever you want to call it, that helps you focus on the things that matter because there's so many things that are okay. Why do I need to be disrupt with everything that is working fine? Oh, <laughs> if well, it's working it's, fine, yeah, right. keep it out of my sight. Um, plus, plus the threat of that. Uh, one thing I see is I see people say that all the time. Uh, I don't need any AI because actually my forecasts are accurate. My schedules are good and I'm achieving my service goals. And yeah. if I get this new tool, which can do all this for me, brilliant, I'm out of a job now. And the thing, <laughs> the thing that I've always said to people in that position is that that's kind of never happened. I, I've rarely seen a, a situation where a new piece of software has come in and made everything so good 
<laughs> that I can half the size of my planet in. What actually happens is that we give more information to those people. And that instead of spending their time going back three years and finding the right data and exporting it and then converting it into the right format and importing it and then running a tool that takes hours to happen. What they can do is they can rely on the system doing that for them and then they can tell the story to their business. And I think that's the dream for a planner where you, you don't have to do all those kind of housekeeping tasks. You can use your insights to improve the, the performance of the business and the happiness of the people who work mm -hmm. there. Um, and, and I guess that I can see that uh, you know, coming is the use of AI to supplement that role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's a big. It's a big. It's a really good point. I think it's the most important point of all. And I think that people who are on the partner and manufacturer side overlook the thing yeah. that you just said, which is, I don't need anything else. It's all very well and good for you having this kind of analysis engine that can do all this stuff. But I'm I'm getting ninety percent. On my service level, yeah. I'm getting ninety-eight percent accuracy on my forecasts. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'm doing well. I, I I think it's just about focus. Like, if you if you know exactly what's not working, you can focus always to improve. There is always yeah. that improvement room. I think it it's going to be interesting. And then my last kind of like thought uh, is more about. So we spoke about technology. We spoke about that kind of like landscape. The only other thing that I feel. Um, and this is actually very well connected. So we were speaking offline, we did the research uh, and you will see the results. There are some things that are a bit surprising on people that don't do certain parts of the what we expect everyone to be doing or just yeah. how people are prone to adopt and invest, which is actually very interesting. But more specifically about as professionals and like what strategies can we do to make workforce management more efficient? How can we make WFM be recognized and more part of a strategic, a strategic conversation on day-to-day -day across organizations. Uh, I really hope 2024 marks the year of that striving, uh, that driving in how do we engage differently within organizations. Do you think we are well positioned to start seeing that shift in 2024? Well, I think that if, if there's any way to make that happen, it's by doing what you guys are doing and dedicating expert resource to researching things like trends in the industry and then publishing that for people to read. What I think it happens there is that planner teams are still kind of siloed. They all sit in a little room with five or 10 of them and they feel like they're on their own. Every week I have a conversation with a planner where I say, oh, don't worry about it. Everyone feels that way about it. And there's an answer to this. There's a, there's a thing you can do to make this better. And they say, please tell me that that's true and, and show me. It is. And so I think pointing planning teams in the direction of research like yours um, and helping to answer their questions, uh, whether or not they're b basic stuff or yeah. like impressive stuff about AI, all of those things. Planners just need to feel like they're part of a community where other people have the same challenges as them. So highlighting what those challenges are and sharing that with colleagues and having discussions like this one with you. I think, you know, for me, it's incredibly helpful to hear that other people face the same challenges. And I think that that's almost enough. Um, sometimes it can feel like uh, therapy rather than yeah. <laughs> actual technical stuff. But, you know, once we know what the technical thing we need to do uh, is, then someone can do that. That can happen. It's often understanding what the problem, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And and I guess that um so yeah, I, I am excited for the future of this. I think workforce management has always been a place I've loved working precisely because it's not just the technical um, yeah. discipline. It's it's a uh, it's a softer and more emotional one as well. And uh yeah, yeah, we have uh, let, an interesting future, man. <laughs> let 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 me try to. I I, I not being a, a an expert as you in, in music. Uh, I wonder if you might try to make an analogy here. Where, where do you think uh, when you look at the industry and everything like within the WFM, the service industries, and you look about the process of creating music? Uh, where do you think we are in that process? Do you already got to? Are you still like building up for the? The kind of the best part of the song like are we already wrapping up are we already post-production the song like where do you think we are on that process of when we compare the industry with creating a song like, that's where, an where intriguing analogy andre <laughs> intriguing i i can think of a hundred different ways to answer it um i guess i guess that there's a maturity there right but it's it's not it's not happened yet we haven't got to the point where that it's not mastered <laughs> there we go there's a i think we might be in the mix this is where we're saying well it sounds great right all the parts mm -hmm. are in place the drums and the vocals and the guitar they're all there but hang on there's a bit where a thing is too loud still and it's just putting me off and i'll feel like that bit starts too soon maybe it should come in a bit later and the end it's too sudden can we not fade it now i, I think that all the bits are in place and everyone's saying well conversational ai and uh omnichannel and all those kind of fancy bits they're all they're all present we recorded them and they sound great but um i think they were all slightly in the wrong place and, and like manufacturers are talking to the wrong person about what to do with the conversational AI piece because it's probably not the real-time planning or forecasting. So maybe we need to get, you know, a different session bass player who's a little bit better than this guy and get him to replace that track. Um, so it's kind of between the mixing and but still you are still doing the track. You still need to record pieces to actually mix I think it maybe. Properly. I think there's a couple of bits that, you know, we could go again. Let's take two. <laughs> um but we're and, and that so uh yeah now i've really super i've super got into this analogy no, I, <laughs> but I, I hope we get to the mastering soon <laughs> I, I hope we get to the, that, the I mean, that's the goal right the, that's what we want we want to the be maturity yeah. a master which is a thing that's been through every everyone's had their input to it we've all made the changes we need and we all agree that it's now sounding like we want it to sound so yeah. mastering takes it and gives a professional sheen to the whole thing makes all the levels perfect and now you can put it on the radio and i guess that's what every planning team wants yeah <laughs> i feel i feel like we we spend too much time editing <laughs> yeah, maybe so. over engineering <laughs> but then i'm not sure i've ever been in a recording session where that hasn't happened either, so, uh, <laughs> you, you, you have that curve where you stay there for a loop and then eventually you get the breakthrough <laughs> we can't afford any more days so we have to commit at some point right uh so so nice alec thank you for this different way of seeing workforce management amazing yeah so we heard from like what we were discussing kind of that outlook for 2024 i i think you would agree we both have challenges and opportunities there is an interesting flexibility coming with that remote working even technology whatever we leverage from ai from the new wave of technology adopting that strategic positioning when workforce management i think you mentioned that is kind of key to navigate that future that we it's a bit unknown i wanted to ask you for a final word about what what would you say to someone that is looking ahead of 2024 and trying to figure out what to do next what would be your recommendations 
what what would inspire you what would you give to inspire people to pursue change and pursue their next steps within the industry big big question big answers there we need to keep this short though this should be like a snappy <laughs> one right i want to say that you everyone who might watch this a planning team who are maybe thinking about changing their workforce management software or buying it for the first time or they just want to upgrade it or they just need a bit of help because things aren't quite working whatever it is you need is okay don't let yourself be told that you should be doing on the channel or conversational AI or different types of remote working schedules it's it's all right that you have your way of doing things and what you are entitled to do is to have support from an expert in that and that won't be that won't be everyone because some people will tell you that you have to do it this way this is the only way to achieve success and i always feel like that's absolutely terrible advice because every company is different they all have something different that they need and of course benchmarking is important and it would help them to know well you're not alone other people have a similar challenge but i think look out for people who listen to what your needs are and support you with them rather than try to tell you that you're just doing it wrong. Here's a PDF that will tell you the right answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 not, it's like a mentoring to a certain extent, like that extended like voice of perspective sometimes just to move forward. I see people getting lost around that all the time. And, and I think that, um, so that was the first thing that struck me when 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 you asked the question whether or not that's helpful or not i'm not sure but, yeah. <laughs> hopefully hopefully <laughs> hopefully yes alec thank you so much once more for joining us today was totally a different episode uh compared yeah. to the traditional ones anything any closing words from your end keep, keep doing what you guys are doing it's incredibly important and there's a few uh there's a few folks out there doing that and there's nothing better when everyone networks and shares all the good stuff that everyone else is doing. And I look forward to reading uh, the research that you guys thank are you. about to publish. Thank I'll you so much. Followers too. So thank you so much for the kind words, Alec. Once, once more, you are already part of the family within the thought leaders within the industry. Always good to hear you continue the good work as well. And thank you so much for joining one more time. Thank you. Andre. Nice. Thank you.